Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 19th, 2023, Transfiguration Sunday in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how you doing? It's Transfiguration. Are you feeling feeling transfigured? I am not jumping the gun. <laughs> Same old Bruce. Got it. Uh... But... On Sunday, sure, why not? Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> by su- by the time Sunday rolls around, no, I will on have. Sunday. Oh, on Sunday, because that's transfiguration. I got you. You're holding off. I'm not, op- I'm not opening my presents early. Uh, there you go, there you go. You're holding off uh, uh, on on, and we'll share that with us live on 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 Sunday. Then. That's true. The next podcast recording. You, you will have been transfigured. I'll have a handkerchief over my face. Right, that's <laughs> I'm transfigured. That is the transfiguration, isn't it? We'll be in oh, Lent. Okay. <laughs> I just wear masks. I have a cold. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, this upcoming Sunday, um, the nineteenth, uh, we will be uh, looking at uh, what will we be looking at? We'll be looking at a Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner. On Tuesday, we will be looking at uh, this Ash. Is fall, this is a week from this week. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if we have anything uh, specifically coming up the, in between when we're recording this and this next I Sunday. I think there's one last Wednesday night Bible study. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The Ruth and Esther yeah, uh, the Bible Ruth and study. Esther study. Yeah, yeah. No, that's coming. That, that I think you're right. Um, I think that's it. Okay. So then the other stuff to plug will be uh, mark on your calendars. Uh, Tuesday that what would that be the twenty first the twenty first twenty first is our Shrove I didn't know it in church so now it's in my brain very strong there you go uh, the Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner um, which benefits the youth group uh, we have Ash Wednesday services what what time are our Ash Wednesday services noon and seven p.m. noon and seven so uh, and they'll they'll be essentially identical essentially yeah 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 I got gotcha. you I got gotcha. you short sweet and ashy. <laughs> yeah, and Eucharist at each. Yeah, Eucharist at both. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, polish off your your uh, Instagram and Facebook accounts for that hashtag hashtag. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, that's a good one, right? That I mean, come on. Good, I think I showed that's a good one. <laughs> um, uh, and then that'll be a Ash Wednesday service. Um, and then we're in Lent. We're in we're in Lent. Uh, we're that, in Lent. Uh, so not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday Saturday after that though is uh, the uh, trivia night, uh, wow. which I am I am uh, I'm running Bob Barker for, uh, uh, um, and uh, we'll we'll be playing host. Um, the uh, so so I, I think there there might still be as as this podcast release there might still be a way to. Uh, get um, you into a table if you're still interested. Yeah. Reach out to the church uh, and or visit our website hfec.org, holyfamilyfishers.org, um, and uh, see if there's still spots available. If you haven't, if you are registered but haven't figured out the food situation, definitely reach out for that because uh, we're trying to uh, make sure that we've placed the yeah. uh, the orders ahead of time. Has uh, to be done ahead of time. Has to be done ahead of time. So the food and drink uh, uh, stuff. We're not going to take the risk of making it ourselves. <laughs> you don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you might want that, but that's not what we're doing. No. <laughs> we're focusing on other things. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we have anything else to promote this early on. We've got well, some stuff coming up in March thing, for sure. But the other thing, the same day as the trivia night in the morning, we have our first uh, Lenten walk. Oh, okay. Walking through Lent. Um, 
which just meet at the church. I think it's a 10, but I go to the website to make sure we'll meet okay. this, this time we'll meet at the church and do a walk on the nickel plate trail, which runs right past the church property. Mm-hmm. And usually the whole thing takes about an hour of a little prayer, walking, talking, and a little prayer and we're done. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those who have not had the pleasure of, of, of doing it, the, 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 Lenten walk experience is, is really kind of very very relaxing, very yes. peaceful. Yes. Uh, it's you're not you're not uh, flailing yourself or anything. Uh, uh, it's very non competitive. <laughs> it's not that kind of a Lenten uh, uh, thing where you're scourging, <laughs> trying to scourge the sin and, from your body. There, there are lots of baby strollers. And, yes. And, yeah, and, yes. 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 On a good day, a couple doggies. Good. 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 Um, well, then, yeah. Let's. Uh, if that's what's coming up in the church, let's uh, take a look back on uh, church history. So this day, the good old days. The, <laughs> you say that before I've read any of these events. I purposely <laughs> did. Um, not actually, not too terribly horrific uh, as for this day in church history. But uh, uh, on February nineteenth in church history, our first event comes from eight hundred forty-two BC. Uh, icons are restored to Eastern churches with solemn processions on the first day of Lent following the Iconoclast Wars, uh, an event that will later be observed as the Feast of Orthodoxy. So it was not BC. Or sorry, I said BC. Yes. Yeah, AD. Sorry, yes, I did say BC. Totally wrong. Um, we rarely actually have events. Well, yeah, the, the source you used is interesting Christian events, so most of them are after Christ. Right, after Christ, yes. <laughs> that would make sense. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so, yes, I'm sorry, that is... That is uh, the AD, 842 AD. Uh, but, yeah, the iconoclast wait, wait wars. Here? 842? 842. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Okay. The iconoclast wars, uh, uh, which is kind of there, – there's kind of a fascinating situation, uh, like fighting over icons and yep. whether or not they have a place in the church. Um, um, People still do. Uh, I mean, fight over that. Which is less interesting than the actual icons themselves fighting each other. <laughs> Uh, so, Ooh, so maybe gosh. a Pixar movie uh, or something coming up. Uh, the Iconoclast Wars. Stephen Beard, if you're listening, let's do this. <laughs> right there, you go. Well, that would be that would be a great animated series. Yeah. <laughs> Gritty, dark. <laughs> the been, gold leaves a lot cheaper when it's right? virtual. It's been four years since the Iconoclast Wars started. <laughs> so many friends have died. <laughs> I love it. I can see it. I can picture it. It's an Amazon special already. Yeah. Um, uh, 1414, death in Canterbury, Kent, uh, England, of Thomas Arundel, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury and Chancellor of England. He had been a violent persecutor of the Lollards, which... How's that spelled? L-O-L-L-A-R-D-S. Lollards. Uh, which sounds like an insult, just like a you lollard. Um, uh, but but those that's the, apparently the name for Wycliffe's uh, reform oh. followers. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, so yeah, a um, little bit of a. So did okay. I just gotta ask. Did he die of natural causes? It does not say. Okay. Uh, but uh, 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 it's an interesting choice of words when someone calls you a violent persecutor. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just trolling on right. I mean, Twitter. clearly not alone. I mean, for, you know, the, the for the 1500s, I mean, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a, 
A lot of violent persecutors in, the, in, in, the, say, the, in history. The firewood salesman hit the door as soon came to the door as soon as a new rain came in. Right, exactly, exactly. Bishop, you firewood? <laughs> Why, funny you should ask. Always, my boy. Yeah. Always. Six martyrs ready to go. Oh my gosh. Enough wood. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sorry. No, uh, church history, we were angels, always. Always oh, angels. Oh. Uh, church history is full of angels. Uh, 1568. Sometimes we're the worst of yes. the worst. Uh, 1568, the burial of Miles Coverdale, who had produced the first complete printed edition of the scriptures in English, uh, completing William Tyndall's Bible ah, uh, following Tyndall's execution. Clover, Coverdale's version of the Psalms will long be used in the Church of England. Yeah, and uh, in the American church as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I had one professor who insisted we call them the Tyndale Psalms to give credit to who started it and died for the cause. Oh, uh, okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean... Kind of yeah. makes sense, you know. So in the twenty 28- Tolkien's work that was in, that was completed by his family, yeah. you know, still bears his name, right? <laughs> so, so if you look in the nineteen twenty eight prayer book, you can pray with the Tyndale translation. Huh. The seventy nine prayer book was the first one to not have it, though it's based loosely, not loosely, it's influenced by the Tyndale translation. Gotcha. When in doubt, go with Tyndale sort of. It's there and so um, that's why it's different from any Bible translation available today um, for either version. Okay. Everyone thinks it's the, not everyone, who cares? The <laughs> prayer book sounds like it's the King James Bible, but it's actually the Tyndale translation. Interesting. Okay. Which is older than the King James Bible. Gotcha. Um, 16, this one kind of interests me only in that it says, mostly in that it says, uh, 1672, or 1671. Huh. <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly sure. On this day, but one of when these I... years. Uh, death in Boston, Massachusetts of Charles Chauncey, 18 years, the president of Har- Harvard College. A congregational clergyman, his insistence on full immersion for baptism had been controversial in <laughs> New England. Heck yeah. <laughs> Water's expensive. Um, well, and people entrust it. Right, right, right. The, the the idea is like the idea of it mattering that much is kind of funny nowadays. But I mean, it Again, is uh, there. There are still get, people grab some firewood, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and, um, even even today within American Christianity, there are traditions that unless you were fully immersed at an adult age, which each place has as a different age, you are not seen as baptized. Mm. For the record, the Episcopal Church, if you're baptized in any form with water in the name of the Trinity at any age, we recognize that baptism. Right. Exactly right. Um, 1812. This one I have a feeling is not entirely correct in the way that it phrases it. The caravan, uh, which is capitalized, sails from Salem Harbor with America's first foreign missionaries abroad, uh, the Judsons and the Newells. Um, This comes from a book called the biography biographical dictionary of evangelicals. Oh, okay. So I'm not entirely sure it's our actual first foreign yeah. missionaries abroad. It's just the ones that the evangelicals recognize. Okay. I'll try and not go too far down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So reel me back if need be. 
the and we're moving on. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. What what, ha- what took place in the 1800s and even into the 1900s was that both in America and England, if you had kind of a loopy priest mm-hmm. that wasn't actually a, a, a heretic, mm-hmm. so you couldn't just fire him or get rid of him, and they were always men at this point. You sent them off as missionaries. Yeah. So you know, suddenly the bishop would say, I think you have a call to South America. <laughs> gotcha. And, um, yeah, we'll tie your shoes before you leave so you don't trip. But um, yeah, so I have a feeling that there were other Americans already sent abroad, some not qualified mm. to um, be missionaries. Well, then, it, then it's a shame that uh, they name the family uh, uh, directly, the Judsons and the Newells. Well, but these were, maybe... evan- these were evangelicals. Okay, okay. So in that tradition, it's more or less self-proclaimed. Gotcha. Rather than having a bishop or someone in authority. Gotcha, gotcha. I think gotcha. they're called to be a missionary. Uh, 1896, we see the death of Xi Shengmo. Uh, after years of bondage to opium, he had become a Christian, and the Holy Spirit freed him after an, an agonizing battle. He then adopted his last name, which meant Conqueror of Demons. Uh, he went on to establish 50 opium refugees. Uh, refuges. Refuge. Re, why do I. I want to say refugees. Uh, uh, refuges. Refuges. Yeah. Places to get better. Places to get better. <laughs> in four provinces where prayer was a major factor in treatment of the addictions. Many became Christians and applied his methods to other addictions. Nice. So, uh, 1948. Sorry that I uh, can't say refuges. Refuges. <laughs> refuges. Because you want to say it's a refuge. Yeah. I... But juges is weird. <laughs> Anyways, 1948. Sorry, <laughs> I roll on the floor laughing for a few minutes. 1948, our last one here. Father Buttress Somi. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got me. <laughs> conveys... This is right up your alley, actually. Conveys the first of the Dead Sea Scrolls to American John Trevor, whom he had contacted the day before. Trevor requests permission to photograph them and sends the photographs to famed archaeologist William Albright, who will confirm the value of the manuscripts. And that boy. That is exciting. It really is. Yeah, I know. I know. I can see the look. <laughs> the, the kid on the in the candy store look on your yeah. face. Uh, Dead Sea Scrolls uh, and... and uh, uh, archaeology in general, uh, yeah, definitely a, a a passion of yours. So definitely, I thought that was fun to have that. And to go back to one of the one of the ones that I didn't know, it had two different years, but a single date. Yes, that may have been. I'm just, I'm not positive, but I would bet more money on that than I would on the Super Bowl, um, which is none. Uh, <laughs> so something that it was the change in calendars. Oh, okay. That. Gotcha. I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it depends which calendar you're using as you look back. And it's, that was about the time they were changed. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Well, then let's go further back in church history uh, and go with our first reading uh, for the week. Uh, The reading for our first reading comes from the book of Exodus. Chapter 24, verses 12 through 18. And remember, this is Transfiguration Sunday, so we're not in any kind of order with what we've been doing over the past weeks of Epiphany. Right, right, right. Okay, so Exodus. 
The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up the mount on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, so here we, here we have a Mount Sinai, uh, uh, based story, uh, as far as the, where the location is, uh, I, I'm, I'm struck this time around, uh, that, uh, um, there's a reference to his assistant, Joshua. I don't think I recall him <laughs> ever being mentioned in scripture before. So it's, it's like a, oh yeah, shout out to his assistant. He got, he got named. Um, uh, cause I don't recall that. You know, I know we've read this once before, at least, uh, right. uh, because we've been doing this for four years. Uh, but I don't recall uh, him uh, necessarily having an assistant, and I'm wondering if it got mentioned any other time. Um, I th this very well may be the first, and I think then he'll become more prominent through the rest of Exodus. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I wasn't sure if it was that Joshua or not. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Um. So. Uh, it's, I, I, and, and maybe it's just because the, the story is so ingrained in my brain from like early on in childhood uh, that it, you know, is simplified and yeah. done in a very specific way. I didn't realize God called Moses up to the mountain ahead of time and said like, hey, here's what I'm going to give you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, 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 it was just, you know, the, the kid's story in my head is like, Hey, I went up the mountain. God said, here's the thing that I want you to, to have. And then he comes down the mountain with a thing, which would have been like all the people of Israel going, Hey, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> in the actual scripture, it seems like it's like, Hey, come on up and get these. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I've had these made for you. It's, they're chiseled. Uh, uh, so there's uh, there's no changing them uh, and come and get them. Um, but uh, I, I'm also struck, though, that it says it, uh, here in verse 12, it calls it the law and the commandment. Um, and we call them the Ten Commandments. But why is it the, the, the law and the commandment? Because the giving of the command, the giving of the tablets occurs in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Uh -huh. And they're described a bit differently each time. Okay. So the, the quick answer is, we don't know. Okay. <laughs> Why it has two titles. Um, and that's led some people to say, oh, that means there were two tablets. Mm. But Well, traditionally, in yeah. the, you know, in the whatever you know production from the from the 50s uh yeah he's carrying two tablets i remember this right the 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 font's so large you can't fit 10 commandments on one <laughs> well and what's but what's most what's more likely is that it was two tablets that were identical to each other mm. because even then you always made a copy <laughs> 
Interesting. Just in case something happened to the first mm. one. Huh. So all those wonderful jokes like from Mel Brooks of, here are the 15 commandments, Crash. Here are the 10 commandments. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Doesn't work. Um, so this is an, an, an instance of uh, the um, Hebrew uh, or the, the, the Arabic having... No, two Hebrew. versions Hebrew. He, the Hebrew sorry the Hebrew having uh, two versions of like the same word like trying just trying to like cover uh, all their bases uh, as far as like uh, as that goes well it it very well could be it's, okay it's that old thing well it's not quite that old thing but it's you know, because we don't know we can't say no ooh I like that but <laughs> Yeah. So, yes, it could be trying to have a poetic structure to this instance. A Hebrew poetic stru structure, so the redundancy. Um, let's see. I'm, and so I'm looking up in Hebrew to... Sure, sure, sure. Try to answer that. Uh, and I cheat and look in the English first. <laughs> Because I suppose they're, you know, if, if you're not going expressly just for the nouns, right? Because uh, when it says the law and the commandment, it would imply, hey, there are here are these two separate things that are going to be on these tablets, right? Um, if you're more going with the, you know, the vibe of what those two, what those things are, I could definitely see it being a singular, like, grouping. It's not only is it a law, but I'm like commanding you to do something like it's it's there. There's oh, I see what you mean. You know, like cause yeah. the, 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 the law is like unchanging, unmoving. And then the commandment is like, hey, you're part of this. Like you're you're invited. You're being you're being driven to, you know, participate in in in, in this. Well, and again, free will. Yeah. So. Even though it's a commandment, it's still each person to decide, am I going to follow it or not? Yeah. And how am I going to interpret it? Um, boy, my Hebrew is weaker than ever this morning. <laughs> Take a sip of that coffee over there? Or? It's gone. Oh, mine is almost too. Ah. ah, ah, or should I move on? Um, well, the, the the commandment word is not used very often. Okay. Um, which is okay. Odd. Neither neither words, neither the two terms used, are used very often. Just each one is. The second one, the, the law, is only used twice. The first one, commandment, is only used three times. Huh. And they do sound very, very similar to each other. Hmm. So um, it could be a poetic thing. Mm -hmm. It could be that there were different traditions already when this was being written down that said, oh, those are the commandments. No, those are the laws. Okay. We'll do both. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Send it to the printer. <laughs> gotcha. Joshua liked to call it this. Yeah. You know, Aaron called it that. 
quite, it's the same thing. Quite so. Quite gotcha. like that. Interesting. Um, I'm also struck by the story uh, in that, okay, so there, Moses goes up to the mountain uh, in secrecy, kind of clouded, right? Yeah, clouded in secrecy, uh, just him, because um, uh, the cloud covers the mountain. Uh, the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. So the implication being Moses has this initial invitation from, from God at the beginning part of the story or, or of these verses, come up to the mountain, come get these tablets. He goes up, the cloud covers the mountain and he sits for six days. <laughs> and then God talks to him. Um, uh, but on top of that, it says that, Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time. Long time. Uh, uh, I And especially considering a, you know, a culture where the, the characters in these stories do show some hesitancy yeah. to be in front of their God. Mm -hmm. uh, and most of these, you know, Old Testament encounters, it's like, oh, gosh, uh, you know, I don't want to look. You know, I you know avert my gaze, avert my eyes. I'm not worthy. Kind of kind of stuff. Uh, you take a week off of forty days and forty nights, leaves a lot of time to be sitting there with your God. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite the retreat. Um, and it really does make you wonder. Like that is such a the a story gap there that you're kind of like, what did what did you and God talk about? Like. He'd already written the law and the commandments. What'd you talk about? Like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's talked about the following chapters. Oh, okay. If if we read the following chapters, which most people skip <laughs> because it's a description of 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 what they're supposed to build, which we now commonly call the ark. Um, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a bit the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. There's a, a there and our translation of Exodus, there are multiple chapters describing that, describing how it's supposed to be carried, describing all sorts of details of how they're supposed to deal with the tablets um, until this temple is built in you know, hundred years later. Or more okay. than that. More than that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, well, hundreds of years later. Yes. Um, and of course, the punchline is 40 days, 40 nights. Moses gets all this information, comes down, is ticked off at what he sees in chapter 32, and smashes the tablets. Yeah. <laughs> Can almost picture God's like, you still got to carry them. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I suppose it should it would we do well to point out forty days and forty nights might also just be like oh, yeah. it's a code for a long time. He was up there for a while. Well, and not just a long time, but a holy time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that because didn't they follow the pillar of uh, fire for 40, and forty years? Oh, that was they followed the pillar of fire by. The, the Exodus was 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, yeah. but I, I thought the, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud uh, cloud by day and the, the fire by yeah. night was 40 days and 40 nights too. 
Again, not going to bet on it. <laughs> and the, it could be either one. Yeah. But 40. And the rains lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. And, yeah okay. That, that's the, the first day, 40 days, 49 counts. So, okay. yeah, it's God is acting during that time um, over and over again. New Testament, it picks up with Jesus's time of temptation in the wilderness. And we commemorate that with the season of Lent. Yeah. Which is kind of 40 days and 40 nights, as long as you count it in a certain way. <laughs> count it in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that next week, probably. Um, uh, and, 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 and we'll, we'll at least re-reference it here. Uh, um, what a cool description uh, when it talks about like uh, the cloud covering the, the, the mountain. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire at the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Yeah. And that, Mount, that could... Mount Sinai ever active or. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe at, at some, some point, point in time, but not in biblical times. Or gotcha. Uh, <laughs> it... Just curious. Just curious. Of course. Uh, and that curious if there's like a scientific explanation well purifying yeah no not scientific but spiritual spiritual yeah is it's a moses is is undergoing a purifying time right and so part of it is okay moses survived that any one of us can survive a purifying time gifted by god cool uh anything else about this exodus passage Oh, there's so many things, but I'm with you though. I do like the idea of like goes up, gets these tablets, has a whole educational retreat. How to carry them? Here's what you're gonna build. Here's how you behave in the temple. What temple? What temple? Here's <laughs> yeah. the temple. You're gonna like. There's lots of stuff. You, are you writing these down? You writing? I was these gonna down? say, gotta remember them all. Gotta remember them all. Maybe that's the reason for 40 days. He's yeah. like, now, okay, repeat back. Right. <laughs> Memorize this. Memorize this. You're, you're not ready. You what still... kind of fabric do I use? <laughs> 15 high by 24 long. But <laughs> come on, man. To quote Bill Cosby, what's a cubit? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And then he comes down and like, dang it. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I smashed those. I super smashed those. I'm so sorry. And um, the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of the stone like the former ones. <laughs> Okay, we do this again. <laughs> I wrote the words that are the same as on the ones you broke. Right. Uh, well, let's move on to Psalm chapter 2, yes. uh, which is a, 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 we're doing a complete psalm reading uh, this Sunday. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, but the whole psalm. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has made them in, has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrifying them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and ends 
and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, with trembling, kiss his feet, or he will be angry and you will perish in the way. For his wrath is wick is for his wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are all who take refuge in him. Uh, what do we know about Psalm chapter 2? Do we know anything? We know things. Hey! <laughs> one of the few. Yeah. We know that it is a later psalm. Okay. And when they were collected um, into a single book of the psalms, the hymnal, uh, it some folks wanted it to simply be part two of Psalm 1. Okay. Because it was such a young psalm. Oh, okay. And most of the following psalms are older. Okay. But we don't know how this process took place of but because we, we can find different books of the psalms where one and two are the same and others where they're distinct. Seems like the distinct one uh books were the winners. Okay. And so it is another psalm that was post-exilic. Oh, so after they returned from Babylon, uh-huh. and was another song like we've had uh, at least once in this uh, year, where it was a celebration of either a new king or the anniversary of a king's enthronement. For Christians, it very early on was interpreted as. A psalm of the Messiah, but not so much in Jewish tradition. I have to admit, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> the psalm of the, of the Messiah. I mean, I guess maybe if you if you view everything through Christ colored glasses, right. I suppose I suppose you find that. Um, yeah, th- I mean, I'm more reading this as like a. I can read this more as like a, a, a king's letter, uh, a, a letter of lament. <laughs> yeah. Why do these nations conspire and this dumb people are plotting against me in vain? Uh, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. I'm assuming like, again, in this, in this imagery, the king's like the king. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> against me. Yeah. I'm the anointed. Yeah, he's he's standing there clapping along. Yeah, sing it, sing it, sing it. <laughs> or maybe it was more of a blues. You know? <laughs> um, what what does this line mean? Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. Um, not gonna lie, I, I, I the the kings of the earth and the council who are against the Lord and his anointed saying, let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. I guess I get the bonds. Uh, so like trying to drive a wedge between the King and their God. Yeah. I'm not sure what a cord <laughs> is here because it's not C H O R D S. Uh, so it's not music. Um, and you know, uh, Cords were used to tie tunics, but that doesn't make much sense when it says cast their cords from us. Um, any ideas? Uh, you know, because we've also in trans in translative a uh, uh, translative way we've added a quotation to this. Um, uh, 
for for them saying it together. So, um, I mean, what would this group be wanting with <laughs> casting casting of our chords? Um, okay, it's it's to give us. Okay, interesting. The, in Hebrew, the, the chord word, mm-hmm. this is the only place it occurs in the scriptures. Oh, so we don't really know what it is. Right. So by context, it's been translated as chord um, because in the Hebrew, it's connected with bonds. Okay, okay. I I get I can see so where they're. It, it could also be translated as chains. Okay. Cast off your chains. That might. I think that'd probably be a better translation, frankly, for yeah English readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then. Interesting. Yeah, and you know, have the bonds be broken into pieces. I'm looking at the Hebrew rather than the trans- English translation. Um. Yeah, so it's cast away the the cords, break the chains. He, this is this is, yeah no I I agree yeah, yeah. no this is they should have used chains. This is yeah. Hebrew poetry. This is we're gonna say the same thing a second time. Right, that's exactly what it is. Okay, gotcha. I wasn't sure like I should have thought of that first. The the Hebrew poetry probably says the same thing. Um, yeah, the next out it's repetition. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, and maybe maybe I'm just. Uh, um, I'm not going to lie. The next verse has me confused uh, and maybe I'm just not like thinking about it and the, and the caffeine hasn't been uh, working. Uh, but he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Yeah. Huh? Who, who sits in heaven? God. He's laughing. He's, he's laughing. He's laughing at gotcha. See, Say all the words. see, sometimes, sometimes, uh, the brain didn't work right. Okay, so he, so God, who sits in heaven, heaven, is laughing and has those people in derision. Yes, with the comma in there. This is why sometimes, uh, uh, um, or not the comma; it's the semicolon. I was just reading it as like the second half of that verse applies to the person in heaven. Like he has that person in der- is in derision. Uh, but no, okay. I got it. I got it now. Yeah. See, I, I was just being dumb that time. <laughs> hey, it's what makes this podcast work. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's a couplet right. where God is laughing in derision and then speaks to them in his wrath. Right. So it's like, oh, like he's laughing at us. <laughs> oh, this can't be good. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the, the again the the Hebrew poetry of saying the same thing slightly different does it just sometimes plays with your mind because yeah. we're we're used to like very straightforward uh, statements of like if God says this, yeah. then we don't have to say that God is doing this thing until we're you know until we're applying someone new into the into the the verbal equation or the written equation like mm-hmm. just we don't have to restate it. But like Hebrew poetry is like, yeah, we're going to restate it and, you know, change it up just a little bit. Yep. So bring um, some more nuance. Right. Right. Because the nuance brought in is not it. It adds to the, okay, you're you foreign kings are attacking. 
And remember, the king you're attacking, God is saying, is the one I set on the holy hill. Gotcha. So we're not just talking about, hey, there's some territory we can seize. It's we're going to actually be attacking God by attack the one true God by attacking mm. the king. Yeah, this really does uh, seem to sound like a psalm written by a king uh, to try to justify their uh, continued existence and uh, maybe keep some people in line. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's like yeah. the more I read this, the more I'm like, you know, okay, all these people are against me. It, it, like I can imagine like a king sitting down and actually writing this and like, no, I had this whole conversation with God, by the way. Um, <laughs> God's very displeased with all the people who are trying to, you know, unseat, me. unseat me. And, uh, uh, you know, God even says, I have set my king. That's me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, my, on my holy hill, on, on Zion, on my holy hill. Which is where I am. And then and then it comes back. the ne- Right, exactly. And then the next verse is like, I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, like, you know, take my word for it. You are my son. <laughs> Today I have begotten you. I'm at like, you know, God anointed over here. Right. Uh, so, you know, understand that. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Which, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to say this in a PG-13 sort of way, is a, is a, is a good description of what happens when you hit someone in the head. Gotcha. Gotcha. The that ceramic pot on the shoulders shatters. Right. Uh now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and trembling, kiss his feet, or he will be angry. Not you know. So in right. other words, this seems like preemptive justified violence. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh uh, it looks like, hey, this is a kingly yeah, statement yeah. saying like you know plotting is afoot there's going to be some violence and when it happens know that it's been justified and god or you know the lord ordained uh and and uh, commanded and uh uh it's not my when when, I, when i'm striking you in the head with a rod <laughs> or my my you know the my troops are my 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 uh my armies are know that it's not my wrath that's being carried out it's god's wrath yes and a good way i think of seeing this or reading it or pondering this is the king saying i'm going to call my big brother on you you're right (laughs) you're in trouble dad said yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, having two kids, I've I've heard this before. Like, mom said you need to do this. <laughs> yes. Like one child telling the other. So, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, no. The more I read this, the the very the very much less I read this as a a Christ uh, <laughs> prophetic. I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so, man. But, but in the times of persecution. Of Christians, uh-huh. it could it could be a psalm of comfort, but not I don't think a very holy comfort. I, I was gonna how how like I mean it's in times of person we're gonna win. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, like, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. The lion, I'm seeing it now. The lion's chewing my toes. 
But <laughs> gotcha. I'm seeing it now. Okay, so yeah, in in uh, not so much that as you're experiencing this, it's God's wrath you're experiencing, which was the first thought I had. Yeah. Uh, it's whatever you're experiencing, know that uh, uh, there's going to like you're going to pay for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyways, I've I think I've said my piece as to what I think this psalm actually is, but. Um, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, evidence to disagree with it, but uh, that's a uh, that's that's where my brain is this morning. Uh, <laughs> I think I think this is a a an angry and potentially very scared king writing mm-hmm. uh, writing a, uh, a a whole thing of like hey, don't don't you don't you rebel against me? Don't you turn against me? Don't you do it? Mm-hmm. God's wrath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's going to be justified. You think I'm hard to do. Right, with. exactly. <laughs> Just wait till it's the big dude. <laughs> Don't you make me do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, which is kind of funny when you when you think about it, because a lot of the Psalms are, you know, hymns and praises and poetry. And, you know, I don't know. This one, this one has a different vibe to me. Yeah. And I have to admit, that's, there are two, in, in the Christian era, there's this, this school of thought that, can find all sorts of connections between this psalm and various pieces of the New Testament. I think they're really stretching it. Yeah. Um, well, we want it. We want it to connect. Yeah, we want it. It's wishful thinking. Yeah. Wishful thinking interpretation. Because that's, that's the stuff that's cool when you're like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you see this? This was foretold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg effects. Exactly. Come exactly. In. Like, we like that. We like yeah. it. We also like for things to make sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and be be able to be tied up in a right. nice bow. And uh, life doesn't make sense, man. <laughs> well, and part of the fun is um, in my translation here, and I, I, I don't have a book of common prayer in front of me to see how they ended up doing it. The very last line is, happy are all who take refuge in him, mm-hmm. meaning God. Right. Um, we actually have no idea what that sentence says. Huh. We the, those those words are pretty much there, but grammatically, the word order, they don't make sense. Huh. So the one translator um commentary is undoubtedly these are corrupt <laughs> or corrupted, these words. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my story, my my version of the story, and as he's finished as the king is finishing this psalm. Uh, they break in <laughs> and overthrow him and like ah ah <laughs> right words <laughs> that one, that didn't make sense he's being like carried away from his desk <laughs> he's literally deposed at the yeah. end at the end of this psalm <laughs> refuge happy all are ah ah <laughs> so close <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Ow, ow. <laughs> what did I say ow in here? <laughs> I don't know. That would be yeah. a good. <laughs> and the king did say owie. <laughs> so. Yeah, because um, some translations don't even. Some translations include that last line with verse 11. Mm-hmm. Others make it its own verse. So. I mean that's that's how huh but grammatically and syntax and everything is like kind of all busted on it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. 
Yeah. Those are cool. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our gospel then. Yes. Our gospel reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved, who with him I am well pleased. Uh, listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until this after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Um, I think first things first, how many Gospels does this story, of, or at least a version of this story, appear? That's, it appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay. Okay. So John skips it. Um, what are, uh, what are the main differences or are there any notable differences between the stories, omissions, additions, that kind of a thing? They all have Elijah, Elijah and Moses. Sure. Okay. Um, they all have Peter asking his questions. Okay. Um, and not surprisingly, Mark is as a shorter. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mark's just like running through it. Like, He's just running through it. Yeah. <laughs> Four dudes went up a mountain. <laughs> Two dudes appeared. <laughs> Time to go. God said. God said, "Trust this guy," and we left. <laughs> um, for whatever reason, Luke has it opening with now after eight days, um, whereas Matthew and Mark have after six days. Uh huh. Um, but. All three of them have Jesus taking Peter, James, and John hmm. up the mountain. Um, yeah, so it oops. is. It is interesting, uh, and especially. Oh, oh go ahead. Uh, and let's see. The what does God say? This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Mm -hmm. um, in Mark, so that's the one we often think is the oldest. In Matthew, it's, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And Luke is, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Yeah. So each one has a slightly Slight, different. Yeah, slightly different. Yeah. Um, I, I Especially with the pairing of Exodus, uh, mm -hmm. I am struck that uh, uh, six days uh, took place. Or there's a reference to six days and yeah. then God talks yeah. on the seventh. Yeah. Um. Which is interesting. Um, so, but, uh, um, yeah, so Jesus, Peter, James, and John, four of them. Which were the, <clears throat> in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those, that's the inner circle of yeah. apostles. Yeah, yeah. The inner circle of the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. And in John, um, the unnamed beloved disciple is added into that circle. Oh, Okay. 
Interesting. Um, but not the story because the story doesn't occur in John. But this, yeah, the transfiguration yeah. story does not occur. Um, it does seem, um, it does seem interesting that the word transfigured is actually written, uh, uh, by name here for transfiguration Sunday. Um, is that a, cause I feel like transfigured is a post Christ word. Like the, 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 the actual, because it, it, it carries with it a, a fair amount of meaning. Right. And I feel like it's a more modern term. Any, any difference between um, what we understand as a transfiguration and a transfigured uh, um, uh, action and what was actually written? Is there, are there any differences there? It, it really is the Greek word for transfigure. Okay. Um, it's very similar to the English word for metamorphosis. Okay. Yeah. Um, or transmutation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was still thinking metamorphosis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, let me see if that's really true. Um, it doesn't occur very often in the scriptures. Mm. Um, oh, and the same term is used in Matthew and Mark, but doesn't say which one is used in Luke. Hmm. You want me to look that up? Yeah, sure. Go ahead and go ahead and look that up uh, while I think of my next question. <laughs> <laughs> chapter is that? Do, do, do. Where'd you go? I always do love. I do love this story. It's me too. Yeah, it is. It's so wonderfully odd. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Another another word choice uh, occurs um, in that same sentence. Uh, his his clothes uh, became dazzlingly dazzling white. <laughs> yeah. So Christ gave him the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> um, but it is but it's also interesting that uh, uh, at least in Matthew, I'm trying to remember if this is the. I feel like the, the the case in the other uh, transfiguration stories is that that it's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah who dazzle who who are, who are in white, uh, whereas this version only says that Jesus is dazzling white, and then Moses and Elijah come into the picture. Okay. I kind of got that memory somewhere in the background, back of my head. I'm saying all of this as you're looking something up, so now I and I'm piling on. <laughs> So that was a bad idea. Mark, it's only Jesus. Um, and Luke, only Jesus. Okay. All right. So that's why it's good to look stuff up. There you go. So Moses and Elijah uh, uh, are are not part of the transfiguration. Uh, it, 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 like Jesus transfigures first and then the... Uh, which is interesting because that's like a, so that happens first and then the other interesting things happen. It's not like uh, um, in traditional storytelling, it would generally probably go, you know, ghosts of the prophets appear. Yeah. The voice of the creator appears and then the transfiguration 
occurs as the you know the the powers the religious powers unite (laughs) and uh and bestow upon uh christ this uh this you know seeming seem a blessing it's kind of kind of the vibe you kind of get like he gets a he receives this like dazzling white transfiguration blessing okay so i've now done all the work that had already been done for me Okay. Because Luke doesn't never uses the term transfiguration. Oh. If I just looked at the translation <laughs> of Luke into English in front of me, it doesn't appear. Instead, it says his appearance was altered. Okay. Um there you go. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it I and I and I'm still I'm struck by this every time we have this story, and we have this story every year. Um, sometimes more than once. More times, so yeah. Sometimes more than once. I love, I love Peter's reaction. Oh yeah. I love Peter's reaction. Uh, in, in that, like, hey, it's Moses. Hey, it's Elijah. Let's uh, let's uh, let's make this permanent. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's let's uh, either either a camp out or b let's let's uh, why don't you guys just hey live here stay here <laughs> like yeah you yeah. know uh uh let's uh let's let's build homes let's uh <laughs> let's get let's get to building um which is i don't know like i i can't imagine like myself in that split second of the person i'm you know the religious figure that i'm following uh suddenly starts to starts to shine and uh images of people long gone <laughs> mm-hmm. uh uh from the lands uh one who we know died one who did not famously uh appear before me my first my even 20th thought is probably <laughs> not going to be like let's build you homes <laughs> let's uh mm-hmm. <laughs> you know let's let's build the buildings let's get the <laughs> Let's get the building project started. Right, right. <laughs> lays lays out like a, you know, engineer charts and yeah. like, you know, if we take off the top of this mountain and let me make it level, we can fit three homes on here. And maybe this is where my brains. I'm picturing the fundraising thermometer. <laughs> there, there, there you go. But yeah. Come no. on, there, there are three of us here, four counting you, Jesus. Let's raise some money, get this done some, right. Some real gaps in storytelling here. Uh, I'm sure peter and them scream i mean bound to right yeah well yeah the ghost it's moses and also like how do you know it's how like like how is moses identified this is you're talking about a person who probably didn't have any iconography about what he well yeah they didn't have a passport photo right exactly and uh had been dead a long time (laughs) And the scripture just like glosses over this, like, yep, Moses and Elijah. Uh, there's there's a whole story here of where uh, Jesus starts shining, these figures appear, and you know, who knows? In one of the you know, in one of these, in in, in some of the gospel stories, like shortly hereafter, uh, doesn't uh, Peter draw a sword <laughs> and like? You know, strike someone like how is his Not first reaction just, like? Who are you? Why are you? What are you doing here? 
You know what I mean? Like he's trigger. He's he, what's it? Whatever the the knife and sword saber equivalent happy. of saber happy. <laughs> like there's not a world where there's not more that happens in between these lines here of like yeah. And it, it I gotta admit this will take more thought through this week getting ready for uh, Sunday, but. The nuances of the three stories, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke. Luke, Elijah, and Moses are in their glory. Okay. So there, there is a sense that Jesus is now looking similar to the gotcha. supernatural That beings. must have been, that, that I think is yeah. what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. In Matthew and Mark, um, I'm pretty sure, no, Um in, and in Luke, um, Peter's Peter's just waking up. Okay. Uh, so, so in, yeah. So in Luke, it's whoa, what's this? Let's make booths. Yeah. Um, but there are two things that have often been said about this passage. And the the first is it's building booths was a recognized um, um, protection of holy ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, let's go camping. It wasn't said, Oh, this, this, you know, we should take our sandals off. Right. We should cleanse ourselves and worship. It's also another interpretation. Well, it's not contrasting is Peter really wants this to keep going on. And it's like, as the way it's it's in the Greek, it's as the the vision is fading mm-hmm. that Peter makes his offer. It's oh, like, oh, okay. They don't, don't have anywhere to stay. So quick, let's yeah. build these. Don't go. Don't yeah, go. Yeah, don't go. Qu- quick, protect the holy ground. Yeah, <laughs> make it holy. Purify it. Come on back. Get, get yeah. Get a booth up here, and well, and especially because I don't know. In all honesty, I'm, this one's totally off the top of my head, but. In Passover ritual mm-hmm. to this day, there's keeping the Elijah seat empty right. at the family table mm-hmm. so that you're always ready for Elijah to join you. Right. So this could be So every Sabbath heart- we build we build a little booth at the table. Well, you're you're kind making of. a space for Elijah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's not out of the question that this makes sense to Peter's I, yeah. spiritual experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I, and I also do like um, the um, God's line here. And especially as you point out, like the differences between the different gospels. This is my son, the beloved, uh, with whom I am well pleased. I can just imagine like Jesus over there going, good, good. <laughs> Wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so it's not just instructional. There's a little pat on the head. I'm like, encouragement. Good yeah. job, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then, and, and, and maybe is this a recurring theme in Matthew of the telling no one, uh, like which one of the gospels is it that, uh, or is it kind of spread throughout the, the stories of like healing and, and, and visions where Christ says, don't tell anybody. Um, I feel like that's Matthew. I actually, I actually feel like Matthew it's kind of a to, running theme. Matthew and Mark both have don't tell anyone. Okay. Um, and in Luke, Jesus doesn't say not to, but, but does say that 
the disciples kept silence um, in those. They didn't tell anyone. Right. But it's not. It doesn't say Jesus told them not to. Right. It says they they did not. And I wonder why, though. Like, why? Oh, because it won't make sense until he's resurrected. I don't know if it'll make sense after he's resurrected. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about things that have not happened before. (laughs) Like, both events are, like, unheard of. Yeah. Uh, So... (laughs) That actually I mean, is very helpful for me to hear. <laughs> if if anything, it's going to make Peter and them sound extra cuckoo. Or like, yeah. no, no, he's risen. He's risen. In fact, actually, I've seen Moses. <laughs> like, okay, okay. This guy has like... That, that's a bridge too far. Spent too many nights in a salt mine or, you know, I'm not sure what he's huffing. This guy has lost it. What, you, you got tablets, Peter? I've seen Moses. I've seen Elijah. We almost build him booze. <laughs> and that guy was like glowing. And <laughs> well, except in that other version. But then he, he told me not to tell anybody, but in, until after this, after after he was raised from the dead, after, you know, the stone was rolled away, and I saw him. I saw him. I swear I saw him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Like, would have would have probably helped your case. Like, you would have been like dude, this happened. I'm like, you're nuts. And then like, Jesus is raised from the dead and they're like, remember that story I told you? Didn't it make a little bit more sense now? Don't I seem a little less crazy to you? Well, yeah, and there's not, there's not the opportunity to ask the earthly Jesus, is this true? Right. Um, yeah, so Peter's like, yeah, this happened. And you know, tell him Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, it happened. Peter, I told you not to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I shut did. up, Peter. <laughs> X nay on the story. <laughs> I do understand, though. Actually, it's it's probably more for it, that was really fun for me to act out. But Thank it you. was probably more for um, uh, the the uh, the point of what he's about to do. In a way, this story, could, like sharing of this story to the masses, as it were, could potentially pervert the outcome of his goal. Yeah. Uh, because again, we've talked many times and I know we're going a little over, uh, so I apologize for that. But um, um, I've talked many times about how, what, what the desires were of the audience, the mm-hmm. original audience and, and participants in the story, what they really wanted. They wanted freedom from the Romans. They wanted to, they expected to establish a, yeah. you know, a Jewish state and, you know, a, a political a, Psalm two exactly fulfillment, and so this story would have kind of would have probably radicalized yeah a, a, a lot of people like oh you know this we're, is worth, we were looking for a holy king we got one yeah now this, it's this like, is worth shedding Romans blood over. exactly right exactly yeah. right uh, and it would have definitely um, uh, definitely. Uh, run the risk of altering the course of his ministry. I think you're very right. So yeah. Yeah. There, I got to play both sides of that coin. Isn't that fun? (laughs) It's so much fun. It's great being Episcopalian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, with that, I think we'll call to a close uh, this, your podcast for February 19th, 2023 transfiguration Sunday in year a, 
we look forward to worshiping with you. Uh, what, however it fits for you and your schedule, uh, for you and your family schedule, uh, we will be um, in person live at 8 and 10 with a 9 o'clock educational hour in between. 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Um, and as always, if you have any comments, questions, uh, 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 beratements uh, that you want to send our way, uh, uh, shortcut at hfec.org. Uh, and you can Do feel we free. have a file folder set up for beratements? Beratements. It's called Trash Can. <laughs> the train. <Ooh>. <laughs> the cylindrical filing system. Um, uh, no, actually, I, I, I would love to receive a berating yeah. email. That would actually be kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, any questions, uh, comments, uh, feel free to reach out uh, to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all. So, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.